Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly for you by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us in iTunes or at Acast. And it's a slightly different podcast this week, as you'll hear. You'll hear a familiar voice a little bit later on as we talk about Torquay's defeat up at Maidenhead on Tuesday and look ahead to better times and matches coming up at Plainmore. First of all, though, I managed to catch up with Gary Johnson just before training this morning, uh, talking about Tuesday, looking ahead and trying to work out how to uh, how to help the players get their mojo back. Let's have a listen to what Gary has to say. Well, I... Thanks very much for joining us, Gary. Beautiful morning. But um, is this the first time that you've seen the players since Tuesday night? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh. Um, you know, they needed to. We had a long old trip, as it were. Um, yeah. We had a couple of trips on the trot, so obviously they need to rest their rest their legs, but they mainly rest their uh, brains and rest their minds. You know, so because it's uh, you know. There's there's pressure on at the minute as you start coming into the final third of the season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got to try and relax them a little bit. Uh, we've got to try and gain their confidence mm. a, a little bit. You know, they've got to find that. And then you've got to get your mojo back. Yeah, and, we... Uh, well, no, I say we were talking a little bit um, in the office about confidence and, and you know, in fact, it, it does drain away from a team a little bit. And, and is that something you've got to try and get back into them a little bit after the last couple of games? Yes, it is. I mean, it's, it's been sort of last few games, it's sort of been creeping up on us a little bit. Mm. And, you know, there's no coaching book for with confidence as a headline when you, you come in, you know, some days you you sort of cajole them and you, you have a bit of a, you know, on some days you have a, a bit of a go at them and, you know, like at the end of the day, it's got to come from within. Yeah, um, yeah. And the men, your own mental state because, you know, they all gain confidence in in different ways, of course. So not one session will ever sort everybody's confidence out. No. But the only one thing that, that does happen for everybody's confidence, and this is what you have to aim for, of course, is to get that win. Yes. You know, if it's yeah. been a, a poor sort of few games, then you've got to make sure that that when that that next win has got to come as soon as possible, and uh, it might be a lucky win, it, it might be an ugly win, it might be whatever it is, but it needs to be a win, and then suddenly you can grow that confidence again. Yeah, and and, and we we take a scruffy one nil against Kings Lynn on Saturday. We haven't got any coaching sessions for scruffy wins. No, we would take it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So it's, but, but listen, the, 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 the one important thing is um, that the lads are as disappointed mm. as us. You yeah. know what I mean? And our supporters and everybody else. So you know, there's nobody sort of absolutely not caring or you know they they. The bus was really quiet on the way home. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, we had a little chat with a few individuals. You have a look at the video. We say, might you have done better there? You did okay there. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've just got to you know, judge it. Uh, try not to ruin it all by mm. just screaming and shouting. I took the responsibility, you know, of the game as the manager, of course. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the lads will, 
know, perform as soon as, as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, you, you did, I mean, you were very quick to take it on the chin after the game and, and, you know, some of the senior players as well presumably have got a role to play in, in, in lifting some of the youngsters. Yeah, well, we got quite a few youngsters. You know, there's not a lot of them that have, you know, played regular games mm. and, and certainly probably never played at this sort of, with this, um, this level of worry, if you like, yeah. you know, this level of you know, to try and get find their game when it's been lost a little bit with some of them, and uh, you know we're trying to explain that to them as well. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's just your mental state, and you have to become professional and learn how to be better from a mistake, yeah. whether it be a mistake straight away, whether it be a bad game. You know, you've got to be able to change your thoughts and change your world and I've said that a few times but, but that's exactly what it is and uh, they have to coach themselves though in that it's, it's yeah. a mental state to, to a large extent, I imagine the, the, the injuries that you've got in the squad are dictating your tactics, really. You might want to play a certain way, but you've got to tailor it to the uh, the players you've got available. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to ask you, you know, what about the state of injuries, because we've talked about that before. But, you know, y- yeah. you must have to adapt on the hoof, so to speak. Well, exactly. Well, me and Dan talk every day when mm. we're talking about what session we're going to do this morning. Um, you know what? How we? What sort of shape are we going to need to play? Um, you know, and it's a lot easier when you're winning because you go same yeah. team, carry on, well done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and then, but sometimes because you haven't got everybody available to you, you do have to put people in slightly different positions to try and get your best team for that game on the pitch. Yeah. You know, and everybody will have their opinion on who's the best team. Um, but obviously, we have to make that decision um, through what we see in training and how we know, you know, how their mental state is. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, we 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 need to kit our, our our little run very very quickly. We know that. Yeah. The, the boys know that. So hopefully, we, we'll find the formula but, that, uh, and the mental state to you know to get that next win. Big, big opportunity with a couple of home games coming up, but is there any much difference between home and away games now with, with no fans in? I suppose the travelling is different, but um, it, 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 you used to say, oh, great, we've got a couple of home games coming up, but is it really any different? Not really, except, you know, with all due respect, you know, maintenance not the, the best place in the world to make you feel like you're at Wembley. You know what I mean? So, the, to put it nicely. With the trains um, trains going past every couple of minutes. Well, that is unbelievable <laughs> how many trains go past it. I can't believe that many people are, you know, like the, the people that are supposed to be out and about. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, Surely there was like a train a minute, wasn't it? it was yeah, unbelievable. yeah absolutely. Oh no! It's just the difference between the home oh, and away yeah, games. You know, yeah, is, yeah. is there no, still an advantage? Well, I'd say no, except because of the fans, and we miss them dearly at this moment in time. But it's more that the you know your home ground, you know the dressing room's going to be right, you know yeah. the COVID stuff's going to be right, you know that you know every we we, we just it's your home, so. You know, when it's your home, as it as it were, you feel a lot more comfortable. So I think that that I'm hoping will help us for these next couple of games, give us a few more percent in our mental, you know, uh, our mental state. Yeah, yeah, good. 
Great. I'm looking forward to the next couple of games, Gary. Enjoy your morning in the sunshine up at the training ground. And, um, yeah, it's lovely. You know, let's, uh, let's look ahead to Saturday. It should be a good one. Lovely. Thank okay. you, Gary. All the very Thank best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, Bye-bye. Welcome to the Yellow Army podcast with, uh, with myself, Guy, and with this week's guest, um, a familiar voice to you all, David Thomas. Welcome, Dave. Nice to have you on the podcast. Great to see and hear you again, Guy. Um, you and I talk fairly regularly, don't we? So uh, it's not as if we've both gone away. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, have you drawn the curtains since Tuesday night, by the way? Just, I'm just about ready to look at daylight again now. I think, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was a torrid evening, wasn't it? Just, I mean, you, there were times when you were just spending your time watching the trains go by in the background, weren't you? As Gary was saying just then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a real a real bad night but we'll we'll get on to the nuts and bolts of that in a minute i expect we will indeed i mean i, I was t- t- our listeners will have heard a, a chat that i've just had with gary immediately before we're speaking here and he's talking a lot about trying to get the confidence back in the players he uses the phrase trying to get their mojo back i mean we've seen this all before dave over the years but you know that they look a team that that's really lacking in confidence at the moment. There's, you know, they they're almost inhibited in their play, aren't they? Um, uh, yeah, I, I when old farts like us sort of uh, tend to sort of think back over the years, uh, you know, at regular intervals when we run into these sort of problems and 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 the good times as well. Uh, and I remember chatting to John Rudge, who's an old. Um, um, player of United, who older supporters will remember, went on to become a, a wonderful manager of Port Vale, Stoke City, um, and, and he told me one day against the railings at Playmore after a training session when he was trying to turn Steve Cooper and Les Lawrence into the best strikers in the fourth division, which he duly did, he said, it's players win matches, Dave, not coaches or managers. Now, yeah. I know I know that he was simplifying a little, a little bit, and obviously coaches and managers have a huge role to play in it, and we, we all know that. But I looked at United's back four on Tuesday night, and it comprised Adam Randall, who's a midfield player at right back, um, uh, Sam Shering, fine, uh, sorry, Ben Winter, um, who's a right back at centre back. I know he can do a job at centre back. Sam Shering in the middle, okay, he's a, he's a centre back. And Joe Lewis, who's a right-footed centre-half at left-back. Yeah. And th- those lads had managed to sort of eke out a nil-nil draw at Boreham Wood last weekend. And you think, OK, well, they did reasonably well there. But when you're having to put such a makeshift defence out, I- I've always believed it's only a matter of time. And this goes for wherever you are on the pitch. You, you can get by for a few games... And it did last season for a while. Do you know when, when United had all those injuries last yeah, season? Yeah. They did okay for a little while. And then finally it catches up with you and the roof falls in. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and as if falling behind after only six minutes wasn't bad enough, United's defending just before and after half time when they conceded those three goals yeah. was, was individual errors from people who would never normally you know, <laughs> implode like that. Uh, and and I just feel that, you know, United's injuries, and it's a desperately difficult message to get out, to, to sort of keep putting over to people. No, none of us want to keep hearing, oh, he's out and he's out and he's out. Um, uh, but it's true, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and, and you and I can think of, 
if you put Nemain, Whitfield, Cameron, Moxie and Danny Wright back into that team, there's no way United lose at Maidenhead on Tuesday night. No, that's true. Um, and also, the, uh, one thing that we touched on with Gary just then was, um, you know, the, the fact that the, t the whole team's tactics is dictated by who he can scramble together to get out on the pitch. And, and you've got players like, like Sam Shering, who, as you say, I mean, he's a young lad, but he's a perfectly good centre-back. But he is not as good when he hasn't got Kyle Cameron next to him. There you go. And, you know, that, that's, that's kind of a double effect, isn't it, of Kyle Cameron being out? Because it, his absence also creates problems for the players who are left in there. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, when Danny Wright first dropped out, mm. you know, um, United didn't just lose Danny Wright. They lost the effect he has on opposition centre-halves. Yeah. They lost the knockdowns off centre-halves that he forced when he was challenging for the ball. Uh, his, his sheer physical presence, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, etc. The, the influence he has on the players around him, etc., mm. um, etc. Et now, you, you either go one of two ways in this, and we, we'll, we'll hopefully not depress everybody too long on this point, but you either go two ways. You either say, look... This is awful, uh, United's excuses that they've got all these players out. Or you say, look, hang on a minute, United have signed quite a lot of players whose job is to come in and do the job now. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, the top and bottom of it is the replacements at this level. United haven't got the money to go out and sign, you know, top quality players just to step in when Danny Wright or Ben Whitfield is out. Um, they haven't got the money to do that. And I think a lot of United fans will have, viewed Stockport County signing of Paddy Madden from Fleetwood on a three-and-a-half-year contract with this week and go, this week and gone, bloody hell, <laughs> how on earth are they affording yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but United haven't got, that, haven't got that sort of, you know, they're not going down that road. They've got a decent budget and they're trying desperately to get up. But, um, or you, you go and say, look, the replacements that United are, are playing at the moment have got to do the job, you know, have got to step up and do the job. Uh, um, they're, they're probably not going to do it quite as well as the lads who are out, but um, it's a very difficult one. And of course, we're in a world where there's a bit of a blame culture, isn't there? And everybody yeah, wants to be yeah. able to talk, point the finger. Uh, I, I've seen, and I'm sure you have as well, some social media stuff that reckons that uh, Gary Johnson is uh, doesn't know what he's doing, and etc., etc., etc. I, I, I take everybody back six weeks when United won at Barnet. Um, they, their record at the time was 1-13, drawn four, lost two. They'd also held Notts County away. When I say held Notts County away, they got two perfectly good draws against Notts County uh, and Sutton. Yeah. And stuck four past Crawley in the FA Trophy. That was six weeks ago, guys. I know. Uh, and a, and apparent, and a, he could have had the freedom of the town if he'd wanted it then. And, and apparently six weeks later, he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, know, to, uh, we, we have to keep things in perspective, don't we? The trajectory is absolutely. upwards. When, when he came in two and a half years ago, we were in the bottom half of National League South and heading downwards quite sharply. Um, you know, we, we've won National League South. We had a consolidation season last season, finished 14th. And we're currently third in the National League. The trajectory is still upwards, isn't it? It's just that he spoiled us a little bit. The team spoiled us a little bit by going 12 points clear in strange circumstances earlier in the season. I, I, absolutely. You know, uh, 
I, I, we're not here to, to sort of be the, 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 the chair people of the Gary Johnson fan club. Of course we're not. He's, he's old enough and crusty enough to do it himself if he really wanted to. But, uh, you know, you, I, I think the one thing that's really buoyed you and me and, and a lot of other United fans in the last few years is this feeling that the club over the last two or three years has been absolutely committed to trying to get back into the football yeah, league. Yeah. They're, they're, everybody at the club is busting a gut to do it, from the, the youngest pro and even the youth team players. Uh, poor lads, they can't even kick a ball at the moment, can they? No. You know, right up to Clark Osborne. Now, you don't have to love or like all those people, but, but you know, the, the club has seldom been in a sort of better place for a long time. And it's just such a shame, you're quite right, that we all suddenly dreamed of winning this thing by several points and, you know, <laughs> getting getting drunk as lords from about April onwards. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, it's not working out that no, way. No, no it's now, true. You know, it's not for the want of trying. Uh, and, um, you know, everybody's just got to try and grit their teeth and get through this, this spell. Um, and, and hopefully do the job in the end. Yeah, yeah, true. We're talking about nuts and bolts. Had an email this week from a, a regular listener, Terry Whitehead, who um, had some very nice things to say about the podcast. Thanks, Terry. We're talking about, you know, talking about tactics, the team's tactics, and just completely being dictated at the moment by the injuries. But it did take me back to one thing, one of the games before Christmas when the fans were in, you and I and Richard were chatting to Gary Johnson after the game and Torquay had had 22 shots in one game. I don't think we've had 22 shots on goal since Christmas. No, I uh, couldn't agree more. That, that is one part of the, of the equation. Now, I don't think that's tactics exactly. That's just players with lacking confidence yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to have a crack. Now, you can't go out and buy confidence in a bottle at the chemist, can you? No. You, you, good players have it. Uh, uh, and average players have to find it from somewhere. Mm. You know, you, you can't take inject injections of it, can you? And, and uh, that, that's a major thing. It's not tactics. I think this is a very interesting period. An old friend of mine who's a passionate supporter of United, week in, week out on the pop side, and has been ever since he was old enough to get there, um, he said to me the other day, Dave, they haven't got a plan B. And I, I, I you know, in defensive mode, I argued with him for a little while. But actually, he may, he may have a point. And the trouble is that when you've set a team up to play like United, mm. you know, a passing game, uh, to feet, um, you know, they've gone a bit more direct this season with Danny Wright up front. When you're in a bad patch, the obvious way to get out of a bad patch is to get pretty brutal. Whenever a midfield player or defender feels themselves under pressure, stick it in the channel and your two strikers get on their bikes yeah. pull us up the pitch and turn the defence, etc., etc., etc. Now, United don't, on the whole, play that way, but it's probably the way to get yourself through a bad patch. Yeah. Now, that's a big ask for a team that's set up to do things differently. You know, you look at Conor Lemonhay Evans, um, uh, Adam Randall, uh, Ben Whitfield, uh, Aaron Nemain. I know some of these players are out, but uh, they are not players who instinctively go, whoop, bang, get on the end of that. They, they, yeah. they don't do it. They, they try and play into feet, one-twos, play in triangles, literally pass other teams off the pitch, which is what they were doing earlier in the season. Uh, and, you know, it just it's a big ask for Gary Johnson on the training pitch, and now we're talking about tactics now, to take to say, right, lads, sorry, <laughs> cut out the passing, 
Uh, Josh Umara, you're going to be right up on the last shoulder of the defender. Every single time we get it, I want you on the move. Yeah. Um, rather than coming short and trying to get it into feet. Um, Billy Waters, yes, <laughs> run your backside off for an hour and then if you can't put one leg in front of another, we'll take you off. Yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, a, it's a completely different way of playing. Now, some people might say, well, you should have two plans. You should have an A and a B. Well, at National League, maybe Man City or, or Man United or some of these top-class teams can ask their players to do it. But it's a big ask for lads in lower division football. And, and um, it's, it's an interesting point of discussion about whether United should or shouldn't go that way. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm, Gary Johnson, Aaron Downs know their players better than you or I will ever know them. They, they, they know what they're capable of, what they're not capable of. Uh, occasionally you get nudged into things you might or might not do in other circumstances, but I think you just have to yeah. leave it to them and keep our fingers crossed. Now, Scott Bowden has got a big part to play in this, you know, that Torquay, if Torquay get themselves back into some kind of form. Um, we haven't seen a great deal from him yet, but you and I were talking the other day. You, you, you quite like the look of Scott Bowden, don't you? No, no, I think, I think he can help. Look, he's not a Danny Wright because he's not six foot three and, uh, you know, he's not going to sort of uh, um, knock centre-halves around like Danny Wright does. Um, and, and by the way, I, I'm not trying to say that Danny Wright does that all, all, all the time. The fact is, Danny Wright comes with a reputation and opposition centre-halves go, uh-oh, it's him well, today. He, he um, moves them around, doesn't he? He moves them into places they don't want to be. He gets them out of you know the, the, and, the trouble and, spots. And, and not only that, even if he doesn't win it himself, he forces mistakes. Mm. He forces defenders. So when they, even if the defender wins the header, it only goes 10 or 15 yards and hopefully we get the next one. Not the, the, the ball doesn't go 30 yards back up the pitch again when you play against Danny Wright. Um, no, I like Scott Bowden. I, I think he's, he's got something to offer. He, he does like to receive the ball short with his, you know, with his back to a defender. Um, mm. They tried this combination of Bowden and, and Billy Waters with Billy Waters putting in the hard yards. And I, and I know, you know, Billy may or may not be many things, but he's a phenomenally hard worker. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 and, and I think, you know, the player who I think we've all been waiting to produce is Josh Umara. Yeah. Um, everybody's seen glimpses of what this lad is capable of. He, he's built like a brick outhouse. Uh, you know, he's strong. He's a, he's a terrific lad. He's desperate to do well and learn. Yeah. It's almost like he, he just hasn't been able to throw the shackles off, if you know what I mean. No. He's, um, got a, he's got a goal in him as well, hasn't he? He's got a couple in, the, in cup uh, matches. Uh, uh, Gary tells me regularly that he's the best finisher in the club. Well, we haven't seen it in matches yet, have we? No. And, and um, you know, except occasional moments. And, and I think his best role is actually playing right up against the last the last defender, um, chasing channel balls, pulling us up the pitch, forcing corners, and, and you know, etc., etc., etc. I think he's much happier doing that than trying to sort of set the ball up on the halfway line. Um, but it's here we go back to the old old thing, don't we? United, the Ben Winters, um, you know, the, 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 those lads at the back when they get it, they they we've not played a game really where we where we've hit those long balls. John Impey always used to tell me that he reckoned that a striker's job was to make him look good. <laughs> you know, in, in other words, John, who was a head it and kick it centre half back in the back in the day. <laughs> He never used to play it into the middle of midfield because he knew he knew it would probably be going straight back at him. 
Um, so he used to whack it over the back four. And if Dean Edwards or somebody like that could get on the end of it, it was a great four. And if he didn't, everybody would look around and say, John, what's all that about? So, you know, you, you've, you've got to, all yeah. of this comes together. And it'll be interesting to see how United just tackle this difficult spell they're in. Mm. It's been good to see uh, Olaf Kozella uh, force his way back into the um, into the squad again, hasn't it? In the last few games, and and he's he's got a bit of game time. Oh, telling me, uh, United fans have been calling for this for a little while. Um, obviously, United have had young Rob Street in from Crystal Palace, um, as well as of course Matt Sheaf who, from Hull City, who haven't <clears throat> featured in the last few games. Um, but. Um, yeah, I, I was very encouraged by what I saw from Olaf on, yes. on Tuesday night at Maidenhead while he was on. And also, uh, while we're on it, young Ryan Law, who's come in yeah. from, from Plymouth Argyle. Uh, the, the back four that finished on Tuesday night, it may not be the first team back four, of Winter back at right back, uh, Lewis, Shering and Ryan Law at left back. I know that's still a very young defence, but... It's a proper right back, it's a it, proper left back, and it's two proper centre halves. It looked Much like more like it. It looked um, like a I unit, can, didn't it? Yeah, it actually looked absolutely. like a unit. And I can understand why Gary didn't throw Gareth um, Gareth Law. We, <laughs> <laughs> we both know Gareth for so long. It's uh, um, young Ryan Law, his dad, by the way. Um, uh, young Ryan Law. I can understand why he didn't play him from the start. Mm. You know, he'd only literally just walked in the place, and he probably didn't know everybody's Christian name yet, but. Um, uh, I thought he did pretty well when he came on uh, yeah. in the second half. Agreed. Um, and and uh, uh, you know, fingers crossed. He's 21. He's played a few games for Plymouth, so he's not a complete rookie. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, that that might help as well. The, uh, the the situation around Rob Street and Max Sheaf is a strange one, isn't it? I mean, because. I mean, Rob Street came on from the bench a few times when he first arrived, but he doesn't seem to be figuring in Gary's thoughts at the moment. I mean, it, it is a big step up from under-23s football into the old, what we used to call the muck and nettles of the National League, isn't it? Do you think it, it's maybe too much of a step? Well, I think when, when uh, um, Gary Johnson signed him, it was straight in the wake of the Danny Wright injury. Mm. So, so Gary sort of felt, I think, that he needed to do something in the wake of, of, um, of Danny Wright dropping out. Uh, to go and get a really experienced centre-forward, like, say, Scott Bowden or, <laughs> shall we say, it, uh, Paddy Madden, yeah. um, you've got to persuade these people, in the middle of a coronavirus epidemic, to uproot from families, kids at school, etc., come down, join the United bubble, and wave goodbye to their families for three or four months. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation. It's a big and ask, conduct, isn't it? It is. And conduct your, even if you can put the financial package together. Um, and Crystal Palace, where United have got some contacts, came on the phone. Look, we've got this young lad, Rob Street. We think he's very promising, um, scoring goals in our under-23 team, etc., etc. Why don't you come have a look at him? Now, so United did that deal and they signed young Rob Street at 19 years old. I think he's 19. Mm. Um, apologies to him if he's a year older. Um, uh, and, you know, what's Gary Johnson supposed to say? Is he supposed to say, well, actually, everybody, uh, look, we're only having a look at this lad. He's, he's, he's only 19. Um, we don't see him as a replacement for uh, uh, Danny Wright. No, he had to, you know, didn't have to, but he, he, he said, look, this is a very promising player. And he talked him up. Yeah. Now, I think, you know, I'm sure that, that we will see Rob Street 
either for us or as his career progresses and Matt Sheaf um, uh, uh, make careers for themselves in, in years to come. But it, it's, a, it's another example of what you were just touching on. This Premier League, Championship even, uh, um, uh, Academy football, under-23 football is so far removed from the National League on a Saturday yeah. afternoon, it's not true. Um, you, you haven't got defenders snotting and swearing at you <laughs> and, and, and basically you're not going to get free kicks that you get in the under-23 stuff, etc., um, etc. Et and it's a big ask for these lads. But the, ins the, the experience uh, and, and what you do is, is it's part of the equation. Yeah. If, United, if United send Rob Street and Max Sheep back, whether, however many games they've played, and they go back into Crystal Palace and Hull City, and all of a sudden they're physically stronger. There's a little bit more edge to their play, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then we'll have helped them, and that may well persuade Crystal Palace to say when they've got a, a, a slightly better one, which I understand they might have, yeah. um, uh, to, to 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 send it to Torquay as well, to send him to Torquay as well. So um, you're right. Neither of them seem to be involved at the moment, but that doesn't mean that they're not. That they're out of it, uh, yeah. you know. It's just uh, you know, Olaf of course, is is a is a, 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 a well-built, strong lad, you know, who, who's who's well capable of, of, of doing a doing a turn. Yeah, yeah, indeed. What well, a little note that I made as we went along during the game on Tuesday. The uh, the commentator, I forget who the player was that he had in alongside him at Maidenhead, but he was quite outspoken about Sutton and their plastic pitch, how much he hated playing on Sutton's plastic pitch. And it just occurred to me, if Sutton do go up, they'll have to rip that up, won't they? You can't play uh, in League that, Two? That, 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 that's been a sort of elephant in the room for a while, hasn't it? I, I've done a little bit of checking on that. that they, they are fairly adamant that if they go up, they will tear it up. They will take it up. Uh, it, it, it's central to their financial model, of course, yeah. you know, because they let it out so much. But um, th that is what they're planning to do, a bit like Harrogate last year. Uh, when they went up, they played on, a, on, a, on an artificial surface. So um, I don't think we can look for much... Um, <laughs> no, but obviously there, but, um, we've, got, we've got to go and play on the plastic at Gander Green Lane, haven't we, uh, next month? And, yeah. you know, it's it's... It is different, isn't it? But the talkie train on that surface an awful lot. So it, it was just interesting. I thought, you know, this is this great, as you say, part of their business model, part of their armoury is this plastic pitch that nobody likes very much. And it's going to have to come up at the end of the season. It will uh, if they go up. Um, uh, let's see. There's a very interesting game coming up there on Saturday. Sutton v Stockport. Mm. Um, uh, uh, I, I've got a sneaking feeling. I mean, if Sutton beat Stockport, then they're starting to look a bit... Uh, daunting aren't they um but that should be a hell of a game on saturday uh, sutton v stockport yeah uh, and um uh, let's see how how that goes and then i think they've got five or six successive away games now uh, they've got not, a terrible not, run haven't they yeah, yeah yeah not not that away games necessarily mean any more than home games now because of the, of the fan situation but um uh, you know they're, they're going to speak be spending an awful lot of time on the motorway put it like yeah, that yeah just spoke to gary about that this morning funnily enough as people will have just heard and you know he says there isn't you know without the fans in there isn't as much difference between a home game and an away game anymore but at home at least you know your own pitch you know the routines you know your covid testing now and all that sort of thing there is 
there's still a sort of a slight advantage of playing at home. Yes, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I do think the playing more crowd is a big factor in United's favour and always has been and always will be. Um, uh, but, and I think they miss them desperately. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and they certainly play more crowd when they're up for it. Uh, uh, certainly put opposing teams and the referee under plenty of pressure. Um, but uh, unfortunately, that's not happening, at least not until probably May time. Mm. Um, but the season doesn't finish till May the 29th. So uh, let's, got... see, let, let, let's see if uh, there's at least a couple of games, including a postponement, that fans might get back to. Well, we'd... So let's have a little think about the next home game. In fact, the bottom end of um, of the table is interesting because there's no relegation, is there, at the moment? So Kings Lynn basically not having very much to play for. They've uh, furloughed... It's a freebie, that is. Absolutely. It's a freebie for Dover Athletic, of course. Who, 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 that's the other relevant in the room. You know, come on, National League, you've got to sort this out. We can't mm. carry on not knowing what's, what's happening with, with them. But basically, of course... Um, Dover can't go down. There isn't going to be any relegation, uh, which which I think is is a, a gift for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kings Lynn, Kings Lynn appear to have furloughed several of their yeah. more expensive yeah. senior players, and that they've got in lots of young low knees who are doing it for them. But hey, Hartlepool couldn't beat them on Tuesday night. Well, Hartlepool no. was behind against them twice. So um, you know, I think if United. Uh, scrambled a two-all draw at Kings Lynn on Tuesday night. I know they drew up there nil-nil not not long ago. I'm sure there were lots of people saying, "Well, that's not a very good performance." But that's all. Had, uh, that's all Hartlepool got out of them. Well, and talking as we were about confidence and the mental approach to the game, of course, Kings Lynn, the youngsters in the Kings Lynn side, are playing with no fear at all now. Because if and it, reputations to make, yeah, if they finish bottom, it doesn't matter. Um, and as you say, you know, if they can start banging a few goals in, I'm looking at this lad they've got, a lad called Cairo Mitchell, 23-year-old striker, scored against Hartlepool on Tuesday. As soon as he's finished at Plainmore on Saturday, he's off on a, a on a jet plane to play for Grenada against El Salvador in the World Cup. So he's got the world at his feet, this lad, and uh, he'll, he'll be up against us on Saturday. Grenada... Yeah, no, Absolutely. I, mean, I see they, they, they picked up Simeon Jackson, the, the, the yeah. striker who you and I have seen play for all sorts of clubs around there, from Chelmsford, I think, on, on loan. Yeah. Um, I think Chelmsford obviously relieved to get him off their wage bill because uh, they're not kicking a ball at the moment. And uh, so, and, and he's, he's turned up there. So, um, yeah, it's they're United not... will have to be at it on Saturday. Um, uh, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to have many of their... Uh, injured play if of any of the injured players back there are several of them tantalizing them that tantalizingly uh, that are only two or three weeks away yeah uh, um, yeah uh, and and you know fingers crossed if united can get these players back by the end of the month or mm. or quite a few of them yeah uh, danny wright uh, needs a couple of weeks of strengthening up the hand the hamstring that that's mended fine He's back running again. So, by the way, is Liam Davis. Now, don't get me wrong. Liam Davis, I don't think we will see before next season at the earliest. But, you know, he's back running again at, the, at, at long last, uh, gently yeah. running after yeah. another week. at Sunday. He's had an absolutely horrendous time. And uh, my heart goes out to him. And I'm sure it does most of the other United mm. fans as well. Um, you've got Kyle Cameron. Um, you know, we're talking a, a few weeks rather than months here, uh, yeah. and and so fingers crossed. But in the meantime, these lads have got to do it. The ones, the ones who are out there. They have, they have indeed. 
Um, and you know, we talk about the injuries and the play. You, the players, just one or two of those players getting Aaron the main back into the side. Ben Whitfield is going to be a big, big loss if he's out for a few weeks now with that knee that he stretched in the uh, Boreham Wood game. Yeah, um, again, he, he he felt well enough to travel on Tuesday night, not to play, but just mm. to support everybody and be there. Uh, I think if his knee was really, you know, like a like a like a, 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 a an orange, he wouldn't have gone. Um, so I think that, that settled down a little bit. You know, I think hopefully we'd maybe talking a couple of weeks, maybe three with him rather than four to six. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with a with a knee ligament injury. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, fingers crossed that uh, all these lads can get back. Uh, I, I must say, when the camera looked at Gary Johnson's face at Boreham Wood last Saturday after Ben Whitfield went down, it looked like somebody was so <laughs> looking up at the good Lord and saying, "Have you got anything else you can throw at us?" At oh, the it's, just, it's just endless, isn't it? Does it, while we're talking about the chaos at the in, in the National League, by the way, I looked at a story this morning. You may have seen it as well. That Woking. Our beloved Woking are talking about furloughing some of their players. If they don't get through to the trophy final, if they don't beat Hereford, they're talking about, well, that's the end of their season to all intents and purposes. They're talking about furloughing senior players, which then has a knock-on effect on the remaining fixtures for everybody else for the rest of the season. It's absolute chaos. It's a cowboy outfit out there, isn't it? Well, yes, it's very, very trying. (laughs) Um, uh, they're not talking about not playing. No, no. Uh, but, you I, know, I, I think, I think uh, Alan Dowson is, is using it as a kind of motivational tool for quite a few of the players. Um, uh, they're nearly all up, probably all up, their contracts yeah. are up this summer. He's got some plans for next year and he's saying, look, by the way, lads, if you fancy being here next year, you better pull your fingers out <laughs> for the next few years. Um, uh, otherwise, I'll do what Kings Lynn are doing. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but you're, you're right. Of course, the potential effect on performances. I, I think one of the most you and I worried about, and lots of other people are worried about this for some time. Actual experience is showing that quite a lot of these teams who are putting so-called weakened sides out actually aren't getting tanked every week. No, um, no. You know, Kings Lynn are, are an example of that. Um, so, so maybe the effect of what we've just been talking about with Woking won't be quite as bad as as, as we might have feared. Mm. So Kings Lynn on Saturday will be no pushover. Solihull Moors on Tuesday. Again, I mean, this is a game that seems to have been on the fixture list forever, doesn't it? This keeps getting postponed and called off. But Solihull Moors are under new management now. Um, G- surprise, surprise, yes. Yeah, G- Jimmy <laughs> Shan having gone. Yeah, he didn't last long, did he? Um, uh, well, he lasted slightly longer than Tim Flowers at Barnet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's, whoever's running their team is their fourth manager in a year now, isn't it? Or less than a year, something oh, I think, like that. Yeah, yeah. But then um, again, they, I mean, they, they, they've been re- reprieved now, haven't they? Barnet, you know, whatever they yeah. do between now and the rest of the season doesn't really matter. So, no, no. I mean, Barnet looked like, you know, a, a real disaster area, didn't mm. they? But actually, one or two of their recent performances, they went and got a two-all draw at Bromley and, uh, the, the other night. Yeah. Um, uh, so... Maybe they aren't going to collapse as, as like, like as we were just saying now. But um, no, Solihull Moors. They, they 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 threw an awful lot of money at Adam Rooney to get him from Salford um, yeah. in the summer. Um, they've they've not done well. They've not done nearly as well as their budget and their expectations said. Um, uh, but you know they they they're pretty strong at home on the whole. Although that form has gone a little bit, and of course United managed to 
grind yeah. out a two-one win there the other day. Yeah. But, um, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, that'll be a, an, another tough old game. I think part of the problem is that everybody likes coming to Plainmore. It's one of the best grounds in the league. Um, Torquay are there to be shot at, and these teams absolutely love <laughs> knocking the goals yeah. over, yeah. don't they? And Mark Yates, the new manager there, has got a bit of a point to prove, hasn't he? He and Gary go back a long way. They were they were separated as managers of Cheltenham by Paul Buckle, by the way. <laughs> were they really? <laughs> I just had a, I, I, I wasn't sure whether they were one after the other. And in November 2014, Mark Yates uh, departed from Cheltenham. In March 2015, Gary went in. And in between them, for 79 days, was Paul Buckle. There you go, yes. So, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in one of Paul's lives after leaving Plainmore. Absolutely. But, I mean, that, th these will both be decent games for the fans. I mean, they're on the live stream. Um, hopefully, people are, uh, are buying into that because uh, it's an effective way of watching your football while we can't get in there. Commentary is yep. first class as well, Dave, I have to say. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you, Guy. Thank you. <laughs> we do our best. So... I mean, you, you're at you're at the games for the commentary, are you? You're um you're you're in closeted at inside home, at, at the home games, not the away games. Yeah. We're, we're commentating off off the stream uh, yeah. for the away games. Uh, not easy. No, um, no. But uh, uh, many clubs uh, in the league are not even allowing any visiting press in at all. Boreham Wood are an example of that, mm. uh, and quite a few others are the same. So. It's been like this all season, not ideal, but um, hey-ho, there's many people worse off than us, so uh, we grin and, and get on with it. Very true, very true. But I mean, the live streaming has been one of the, the benefits of the season, I think. It's like um, in, in other parts of our work, we're covering council meetings now by video stream, which has been an absolute boon. I think the live stream for uh, fans who can't get to play more has been superb. Yeah, United have worked very hard at it. Mm. Um, Look, it's 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 not um, you know sky coverage of the Premier League. We know that, but um, you know everybody's trying very hard to make the best of it. Um, and I think United's coverage is better than than most. Yeah. Um, we've had one or two interesting afternoons where <laughs> you wonder whether the cameraman is following the actual <laughs> game at all. Um, but uh, no, it's it's been it's been uh, as good as it could be in the circumstances, and we've we've tried very hard to make it work. And and um, you know, I think mo most fans have been pretty appreciative that that um, uh, not being allowed, at least not being allowed to go, they've been able to see to see most of the action. Yeah, indeed, and uh, hopefully it won't be too long before we're looking back and thinking, you remember that season when we had to live stream the games on video before we could actually get back in. It's, it's been, look, I, 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 occasionally you, you watch, um, you know, with games at all levels. And one of the sort of sad things is that we've almost got used to it now, haven't we? Mm, um, yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we, we all are so desperate to get back with crowds. Um, you know, you, you watch you, Champions League matches even. And, and you know, it's... it's is that proper football? It doesn't feel yeah, it doesn't. like it, does it? But because it's been going on so long, we've almost got used to it. So we have. Um, we've got to not get used to it and, and, and hope that uh, we're back to normal as quick as possible. Roll on the return of the fans. Dave, thank you very much for joining us today. We should point out that um, Richard isn't with us and uh, we're thinking, obviously, of Richard and his family. Richard's dad, Michael Hughes, um, a long-time Talker United supporter, 
uh, and a thoroughly good bloke, Michael, uh, died the other day, and Richard's taking a little bit of time off. So he's, a, lo he's a lovely man, uh, a, 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 a passionate goal supporter all his all those years, uh, and and the best sort of supporter. Uh, um, never not goes. Uh, uh, may may have had his worries and his grumbles from time to time, but always lived in. Uh, absolute confidence and optimism that United would actually uh, smash whoever they were playing that afternoon and hopefully win promotion. So if they go up this year, uh, a little bit of it uh, for all of us who knew him would have been it would have been for him. Absolutely, and uh, we're thinking of uh, Michael's friends and family, obviously today. Thank you, David. Oh. It's been an absolute joy, and we we'll look forward to uh, hopefully talking about uh, more points, more wins, and some promotions a little bit later in the season. You're very kind. United have been in a lot worse messes than this. They certainly have. So uh, let's hope they can turn this one around. So we finish the uh, podcast as we always do. Come on, you Come on, yellows. You yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talk United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL, or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.